Father, we give you praise. And this morning, Lord, that we might just touch the hem of your garment, that we might just touch you. Father, there are so many that are in need, and actually, Father, all of us are in need, and we need you like never before. And so, Father God, your son said to the man, according to your faith, let it be. And so, Father God, let it be according to our faith, and that our faith is in you. And let us just crawl, Father, to touch the hem of the garment of your son, and we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. There are some of you who are going through some things, and you have talked to me before church, and I thought it was amazing. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the 10th chapter of 1 Corinthians. The 10th chapter of 1 Corinthians. And, and where, is, where is Glenn Cook at? If he's out there, have him come in. Where's Glenn? Oh, he's in there counting. Okay, he's in there with that money. Okay. No, where, where's Glenn at? I want Glenn. Okay. Tell him to quit eating and come in here. Okay. Amen. We need, we need people just, listen, I know you have jobs in this church. But, but the message is far more important than any job that you have in this church. Can you say amen? I'm going to wait till he gets here. Okay. Ian's going after his dad. Usually his dad's going after Ian. How many people does it take to get Glenn Cook? Say, hey, you know, uh, John Kilpatrick was talking. No, no, Tommy Tenney was talking about when the Holy Spirit came in into his office and the Holy Spirit, yeah, Glenn, come right here. They're, everybody's chasing you. Come on over here. Amen. Okay. All right, we got him. Okay, hey, I want everybody to just put your hand this way. Okay? Now, I'm going to lay my hands on this young man. He's going through a trial, and he's going through a tribulation that God's going to break. And not only is God going to break it, but it's going to bring people into the kingdom of God. And then God's going to do a work inside this guy. Okay? And he's going to do it right now. Now, I just want you to do, just, just pay attention and just pray with me. Father God, this man's going through a time at his work. Accusations have been made that are not truth. And Father God, we say, cast it off now in the name of Jesus. And let every word that's been said against him be cast off. And Father God, touch him that he'll be a witness to those who have accused him. And Father God, that you will reign as righteous. And Glenn will be thrown into the depths of the Holy Spirit like never before. And Father God, this day forward, change him into what you want him to be. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, he's going through something. He's going through something. And some of you might be going through some things. So I'm going to take the message, and it's going to be surrounded by 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. 
And here's what it reads. I'm reading out of the New American Standard. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also that you may pray to be... Uh, excuse me. But with the temptation... Let me, boy, I can't hardly see. I got my glasses. But there we go. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape also that you may be able to endure it. That's what the word says. That you may be able to endure it. Now, listen. This is not a picnic. This, this walk with Jesus is not a picnic. And joy overflows. But listen, we, we get joy mixed up with happiness. And happiness is an emotion. But joy is a state of being. That even through the persecution, even through the temptation, we can go through it with joy. I mean, Sherry's been through so much. And I'm sure she's not happy about the situation. And I'm not for sure that she hadn't said, God, we need to talk about this. Because Job said that. Now Job said, now I, I don't understand what's going on here. But his faith was in the Lord that he knew God knew. And that's what we need to understand. Some of you are going through some things. Nancy and I are. We have a grandson, which we hardly ever get to see. Okay. And he, at this time, is going through life in a horrible way, you know, but he has joy. And that is most amazing to me that he can go through what he's going through and yet he has joy. And only Jesus can provide that. Only Jesus can do that. He's not happy with what he's going through. But listen, you get around him, you just shake your head and you say, how can this young man have joy? Listen, Christ Jesus is the joy of our life. And listen, if you don't have the joy of the Lord, you will not get through the persecution. You will not get through the temptation. You will not get through that. So you need to understand. Now listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says, no temptation has overtaken you. Overtaken. And that word means as an enemy will ride up against you and overtake you. He says that enemy temptation cannot ride up to you and overtake you or overwhelm you. That's what he's saying. I, I love Moses. Moses prayed a prayer to the Lord. And Moses said, you got to quit blessing us so much. Because they had so much blessing that they were being overwhelmed with blessing. Now, if you're going to be overwhelmed, be overwhelmed with blessing. If you're going to be overwhelmed, be overwhelmed with the love of God. But listen to what he's saying. He's saying that temptation, he said, no temptation has overtaken you. Now, John's going to bring it up, and in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 13... The disciples say to Jesus, they say, teach us how to pray. 
And he goes, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then in one part of it he goes and he says this, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Or deliver us from the devil. Deliver us from the temptation because the devil brings all these evils towards us. And he's saying this, he says, deliver us from evil. How many of you know that? And he's saying this, he's saying, and deliver us from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation. The Lord will never lead you into temptation. But what he's saying is, he's saying, but deliver us from the evil one. And we need to pray that because, listen, the devil is out to kill you. He is out to destroy you. Listen to what John 10.10 10 says. It says, uh, the, 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 uh, the enemy, thank you, I, I couldn't remember it, but the enemy has only one purpose, and the purpose is this. It is to steal, to kill, and destroy. So he's going to steal from you your your, your uh, faith. He wants to steal from you your health. He wants to steal from you your physical and mental health. He wants to steal everything from you. How many of you understand that? He is out to steal, and then he wants to kill you. Listen, but that's not enough. He also wants to destroy your legacy. When he says this, when he says the enemy only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy even your name. He wants to destroy everything about you. Why does he want to destroy your name? Because you are children of the Lord. I am a child of God and I have his name. You know, listen to me, the devil don't see Larry Gray. The devil don't see you by name. He sees you as a child of God, and he wants to destroy everything about you. But Jesus said, I come to give life, and that they might have life, what? More abundantly, or it will overtake you. So you'll have that overtaking you. He says, there's no temptation has overtaken you. In Matthew 26, 41, listen to what he says. He says, keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's what it says. It's right there. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Let me tell you something, man. Your flesh is weak. My flesh is weak. And it is tempted in every way. And I'm not going to tell you that sometimes it doesn't win. Because if I said it never wins, I'd be lying to you. I would be lying to you. Right now there is a 1965 Chevy Impala with 48,000 miles on it that's one owner. I'm getting booze. That, how would you like to get along in their marriage? She's saying no, and she says yes. I'm with her. But I, I'm not going to do it. I didn't know it would bring that kind of reaction. I'm not going to do it, but I'd like to. But I'm not going to, because at this time in my, uh, this, this time in my life, my wife's life, we don't need to be getting in debt for something like that. But man, I'm tempted 
And my flesh is weak. She's saying, God will make a way, sell something. You didn't get to hear that on camera. Okay. But hey, listen to this. He says, keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit inside of us is willing, but the flesh is weak. And how we, how we overcome the flesh is through the Word of God. How we overcome the flesh is to have stay in communication with God. Stay in relationship with God. And let me tell you something. There's no temptation going to overtake that person that stays in the company of the Lord. Can you say amen to that? There's, no, there's nobody going to be able to overtake you. Now, now, now here's what he said. Now, I'm going to go back into it. No temptation is overtaking you but such as is common to man. There's nothing that's going to ever happen in your life that somebody else hadn't been through. Nothing. There's nothing in your life. Listen, you might have lost a child. Other people have too. You might have lost a spouse. Other people have too. You might have lost parents. Other people have too. You might have lost all of your earthly wealth. Other people have too. There's nothing that you're going to go through that somebody else hasn't gone through. And I guarantee you this, you're not going through anything that Jesus hasn't already made a way for you. Nothing you are going through. So he says this, he said, there's nothing going to happen to you because, listen, temptation is common to man. We are all tempted, every single one of us, and we have weak spots. And my weak spot might be your strength, and your strength it might be my weak spot. Did I say that right? Okay, well, anyway, it's vice versa. Watch it, Mark. You've only been back once now. Hey, I said to Mark, I said to Mark Kennan, I said, Mark, you know you've been here seven weeks in a row. He said, I beg your pardon? Nine weeks. Okay, but it's good to have Mark today. He's come back in from Florida. But, but here, here's my point. Listen, God's not going to put anything on you that's not common to man. Nothing. And what you're going through right now, somebody else's went through. But what you're going through right now, God can make a way for you. I don't care what it is. God can make a way. And God loves it when you come to Him because you finally understand you can't do it and you have to rely on Him to do it. Can you say amen to that? I was so happy that today when I was watching... James Merritt, because he's one of my favorite preachers on TV. He's a Baptist guy, but he's almost Pentecostal. I, I mean, yeah, I hope he sees this program. I doubt that he will, but, but he is a good teacher, and he's a good preacher, and he was talking about a revelation that he got. And the revelation that he got was that he is the temple of the Lord. And, I, and my wife said, well, you've been preaching that all your life. And I said, I know that, but some people don't have that revelation. That he is the temple of the Lord. And I'm watching that and I'm saying, man, I wasn't criticizing him. I was jumping up and down saying, yes, yes, and amen for him to tell them people out there, you are the temple of the Lord. Amen. And if you are the temple of the Lord... God is more than able to deliver His temple. Somebody say amen to that. And we are lively stones. I was so encouraged when, when I heard that. But such as is common to man. There's nothing that has happened that hasn't happened to someone else. 
didn't tell John to go there, and I'm briefly going to hit it. In Luke chapter 4, 1 through 13, Jesus is tempted in the wilderness. And it's an interesting thing because there he was, and, and he, he was uh, just getting over a fast, and he's hungry, and he's weak, and the, temp, and the devil comes to tempt him. And let me tell you something about the, the devil. He's going to come at your weakest moment, right? But let me tell you something. Even our weakest moment is greater than any of his strength. How many of you got that? He's going to come at our weakest moment, but our weakest moment is still greater in the Lord than his strength. How many of you got that? And so then he tempts Jesus in three ways. And it's an interesting thing that what he does in, in uh, uh, Luke chapter 4 and verse 4, he tempts him in the physical. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 8, he tempts him in the spiritual. And in Luke chapter 4 and verse 12, he just all out tempts him. And just comes right after him. And what was interesting is Jesus says to the devil right out of the gate, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so I'm looking at that, and I saw something. Jesus wasn't the only one. He's not the first one to go through that. I look at that, and you know, we look at, we look at Jesus because he's our pattern. But Jesus wasn't the first one to go through that. Let me tell you something about them old prophets. They all went through that. Every one of them. And they overcome the devil by the written word of God. And they had their weak moments. I'm going to tell you, the greatest moment of Elijah's ministry when he's on Mount Carmel. And I, he, is, he has 400 prophets of Baal against him. He has 450 prophets of the grove. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, if God is God, serve him. If Baal is Baal, then serve him. And so he builds an altar, and he gives them their first shot. And here's all these priests to Baal, and they're cutting themselves, and they're shouting, and they're falling on the altar, and they're calling out to their God, Baal. And Baal isn't doing anything because Baal is deaf. Baal can't hear them because Baal don't exist. And you know what happens? Then I love Elijah, and Elijah says, Wow, where's your God? Is he on a vacation? Maybe he can't hear you. I love this one. Maybe he's in the bathroom. That's what he said. What he said. He mocked him. Let me tell you something, church. We need to mock some of this stupid insanity that's going on in our nation right now. I mean, it's just stupid and it's insane about what's happened. Somebody says, don't put politics in church. Well, I'm going to because I'm going to tell you this right now. We live in an insane world and only Jesus Christ is going to cure this thing. And then, listen to Elijah. He says, build it up. Build it up. And they build it up. He said, dig a trench around that altar. And they dug a trench around. He said, put that sacrifice on that altar. And then he said, get a barrel of water and pour it down. Get another barrel of water and pour it down. Get another barrel of water and pour it down. It said the trench was overflowing and the, and the sacrifice is just saturated. And he says, come on, God. Show them who you are. And God comes down and he consumes the sacrifice. He consumes the altar and he licks up the water. Amen. Can you say, man, that was Elijah's best day. And then all of a sudden, 
Jezebel said, I don't care. That man, I might have his head on a platter before noon tomorrow. And that man took off like a scared rabbit. Yeah, everybody has their times. But God is in all of those times. Well, what happened to Elijah? God fed him in the supernatural and in the natural. He gave him water in the supernatural and the natural till he's ready to go again. There is no temptation that has overtaken you such as common demand. Watch this. Jesus knows the word and he let the word work for him. Do you know the word? And do you let the word work for you? Listen, God is faithful, it says. It says, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Because he knows who you are. He knows your strength, he knows your weakness, and he's going to be there. We was talking in my office, and David, his Joab says to David, he says, when do we know to go? And David said, when you hear the leaves rustling in the mulberry trees. And now, now watch this. And the, the leaves rustling is the mighty army of God marching forward. He said, now listen, trees represent men. When you hear the rustling of the leaves in the mulberry trees, listen, men, we need to know when God is moving forward. How many of you understand that? And he said, when God goes before us, then we're going to come right in behind because he's going to make a way. Let me tell you something about the new covenant. We are the mighty marching army of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you understand we're not only the temple of the Lord, we are the army of the Lord, and men are being, listen, men are being delivered, men are being healed, men are being saved today because of the mighty army of the Lord. And the Lord says this when, I mean, David said, when you hear the, the rustling of the leaves. Here's what I say today. When you hear the rustling of the church, get ready because it's going to shake the foundation of the trees. And God is going forward. And let me tell you who's in that army. Who's in that army is men with weaknesses. That's who's in that army. I know you think that just men of strength are in that army. But that's not true. Men of weaknesses are in that army. Men of strength are in that army. But listen, God has all kinds of men in that army. And guess what he has? He has you in that army even along with your weaknesses. He's had, he has you in that army because he's going to help you in your weaknesses, but he's going to pull out your strengths. And every one of us have strengths. Listen to me. You need to know what gift you operate in. You need to know that. And if you don't know, come and ask me. I'll tell you. You might not like the gift I tell you. I tell some of these guys they're meant to preach the gospel, and I'm not backing up on that, am I? All of you that I talk to. Listen to me. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. This is 2 Peter 2.9. I love this. 2 Peter 2.9. The Lord... Here it is. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation 
and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. Listen to what he said, what Peter's saying. He says, the Lord knows how, what? To rescue you from temptation. Listen to me. If you're saved, you're godly. You might be weak in some areas, but you're godly. And I guarantee you this, you got strengths you don't even know about. You need to start asking God, say, what are my giftings? What are they? You might have more than one gifting. What are my giftings? Lord, am I really filled with your Holy Spirit? Because if I'm not, I want you to baptize me. I want you, I listen, I don't want you to be afraid of anything that God is going to bring your way. We have been taught so long that, that we, we, we are in the flesh, and you don't want to be in the flesh. Hey, if it's good, be in the flesh. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, you know, hey, a lot of people, you know, I, I want that language, Pastor, but, I, but I'm, I'm, I don't want to be in my flesh. Listen to me. If it's good, it's God, because the devil's not going to tell you to do anything good. How many of you understand that? And if you are in your flesh and it's good, God's not going to hold it against you. Somebody say amen to that. And sometimes you just got to step out in faith and start to do what God's telling you to do. And some of you are hindered because you're afraid. Because there's a spirit of religion that's got a hold of you. There's a spirit of teaching that's got a hold of you that will not let you go further in the Holy Spirit. My wife and I were talking the other day, and, and, and I had her hand, and, and we was talking, and I told her this. I said, fear and faith don't coexist. Doesn't. You can't have fear, and you can't have faith. They, you can't have both of them. And listen to me. If you're praying out of fear, God's not answering your prayers. He won't do it. No, you got to pray out of faith. And, and, and when, when Dor said, Lord, increase our faith, then I'm saying, then use what you got so God can give you more. Somebody say amen to that. Because God allotted you enough faith out of Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. God has allotted you enough faith to overcome the devil. When Jesus said, O ye men of little faith, he's saying the littleness of your faith is greater than anything the devil can throw at you. You know, we, we think sometimes we got to be these big old pillars of faith. No, all we got to do is just use what God has given us. That's all we have to do. Listen, if it's good, it's God. And so, because there is no good in the devil whatsoever, God is faithful. And in 2 Peter 2, 9, the Lord knows how to rescue you from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment uh, for the day of judgment. The devil hates it when Christians decide to stop allowing fear to run their lives. He hates it. He flat out, you, wanna, you want the devil mad and angry and beside himself? Start operating in faith. And when, when, when fear gets a hold of you, cast it down. The Bible says, cast it down. Cast down vain imaginations. Sound arguments. Cast those things down when they enter your mind. Take them and literally just cast them down to the ground. Sometimes I'll just go outside and I'll just do that and cast it down because you have to. Cast it down. Fear and faith cannot coexist. They will not coexist. You will either be overtaken by fear or you will be victorious through faith, but you will not do the both of them. Now, my wife said this, and I appreciate the answer she gave me. 
She said, didn't the man say, Lord, help me thou in my unbelief? Amen. His greatest faith was that he understood where he was and where he stood. And, and, and let me tell you what, what he said. He, let me tell you what that man said. They brought, he brought his son to Jesus. And he said, your disciples couldn't cast this out. And Jesus said, that's because this kind come by fasting and praying. If that's omitted in your Bible, get a new one. Okay, because it's omitted in a lot of Bibles. All right? This kind only cometh by uh, praying and fasting. Understand. And, and so he says to Jesus, he says, can you heal my son? He throws himself in the water. He th throws himself in the, the fire. And he says to Jesus, he says, can you heal my son? Do you know Jesus didn't say, can I? You know there's an ex exclamation mark behind that? He said, can I? I won't blame him for being irritated. And then the man says this, help me thou my unbelief. Because here's what he's saying, I see you doing it for that person. And I see you doing it for that person. But can you do it for me? And you know we all live there. All of us do. I see you do this miracle for them. I see you do this miracle for them. But can you do it for me? I see you, I see you taking other families and bringing their children into the kingdom of God. Can you do it for me? And there wasn't nothing wrong with what he said because then he said to the Lord, he said, help me thou in my unbelief. And when he said that, it, it was, he said that out of faith, understanding he didn't have the faith that God wanted him to have. The devil hates it when Christians decide to stop allowing fear to run their lives. You know why people don't tithe? Because they have a fear they don't have enough money. And guess what? They don't. Because they operate in that. You know why people who tithe do are prosperous? Because they believe in God rewards them. But you don't understand, Pastor. I got to pay this bill. I can't tithe. Do what you got to do. I never tell anybody. I just tell you the consequence of it. If you don't, you're not going to get blessed. If you do, you will. Fear and faith cannot coexist. Somebody says, said to me, said, Pastor, do you like doctors? I said, yes, I do. Why do I like doctors? Well, they opened up my chest, took my heart out, and gave me some new arteries and different things. Well, that's not faith. It sure is. I had to have faith that I was going to come through that and let them open up my chest and let a doctor look at it. I like what my doctor said, though. My doctor looked at me, and he, didn't he say this? He said, I can't lengthen your days. He said, only God. He said, your days are in the hand of God. I said, yeah, that's the kind of doctor I want. He said, but I can help you have a better quality of life. I said, that's the kind of doctor I want. Oh, Dr. Dr. Long, he went down into my stomach, and, and he, he found some stuff down there, and he didn't want to tell me. I said, now, Doc, listen to me. If I got cancer, tell me. I said, I'm not afraid. I said, just go ahead and tell me. He said, man, I'm glad to hear that. You don't have cancer, but you got an ulcer. I said, well, okay. But listen to me. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to die. Don't be afraid to live. Some people are, some people are more afraid to live than they are to die. I'm speaking to some of you. Listen to me. I'm speaking to some of them that's listening right now that they're more afraid to live than they are to die. That wasn't in the notes. God just give me that. 
2 Timothy 1.7. And you should know this one by heart. He's going to pull it up. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's a spirit. But a power. That's Holy Ghost. Love. That's agape. And a sound mind. That's discipline and sanity. God says you don't have power and love. You're insane. So if you're critical all the time and you're mean, that might be because you're crazy. Oh, I'm sorry, insane. Because listen to what it does. It disciplines your life. Faith will discipline your life. The Word will discipline your life. Everybody say, we us. Listen to me. God wants you to be a we us son, which is a full, mature son in the Lord. That's what God wants you to be. God wants you to believe His Word. God wants you to operate in His Word. Now guess what His Word says. There's no temptation going to overtake you that is common to man. Such is common to man. And that's true. And in, in, in He says this in, in 2 Timothy 1.7. Okay, it's not up there and that's fine. God has not given us a spirit of fear, timidity, timidness. Man, if ever there was a spirit in the United States of America, it's being timid. I'm going to get mean and political. Somebody, All I need is one amen. Okay, I'm going. I don't care if you get the vaccine. That's between you and the Lord. For me and mine, I'm not going to. I see, I hear a lot of stuff that's not good about that. But I don't care about what's not good or what's, what is good. I am not going to be compelled to do something that I don't feel that I should do. And I'm not going to do it. If you got the vaccine, you're not going to hell. You might, I don't want to say it. But you're not. And the vaccine's not, not the uh, mark of the beast. But it sure is showing us how he's going to line it up in the last day. He's sure showing us through that vaccine how he's going to line different things up in the last day. He's showing us how we're going to buy, how we're going to sell. And you know what? Fear has overtaken the United States of America. Fear has overtaken the world. And we're letting stupidity now judge. Listen to me. I didn't say you're stupid for taking that. I'm saying stupidity is governing the world. I'm talking about those who are in, or, in rule. And listen, what it is, it's taken over. And what is it operating? Fear. And here's what it says. You don't really believe in Hebrews 9.27. It's unto a man, it's appointed unto man once to die. You got an appointment day, and it's coming, and nobody's going to get you out of it. And all of the divine healing and everything that I believe in ain't going to get you out of it. Nothing's going to get you out of that appointment day. It's coming. You know, we used to sing a song. You remember that? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the soul's ride home? Are you ready? Are you ready? For the judgment day. That's it. Let me tell you something. If fear is operating in your life, your prayers are not worth a nickel. Because that fear 
is disqualifying everything that you're saying to the Lord. But a prayer prayed in faith, the heavens are always open to. A prayer prayed in fear gives the enemy, the devil, the direction in which to take to tempt you. How many of you got that? So how does he know how to tempt you? In the way that you pray. You know, you know, this bothers me, and if you, you pray this way, go ahead and pray it. It just bothers me. Oh, please, God. You don't have to beg God. You do not have to beg God. You need to humble yourself before the Lord. And then you need to do this. Come with confidence and boldness before the throne of God because he said he will answer your request. Fear. And faith do not coexist. They can't and they won't. You will operate in one and not the other. He says, but with the temptation will provide a way of escape also. The way of escape is faith in Jesus, faith in the cross, and faith in the blood. I'm going to say it again. Faith in Jesus, faith in, in the cross, and faith in the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. My goodness, that should put goosebumps on you. When I even just quote that, that puts goosebumps on me. Here's my faith. My faith is in the Lord. My faith is in the cross. And my faith is in the blood. And my faith is in the resurrection. And my faith is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody give me a witness on that. That's who we are. That's what God wants. Listen, he said, but with the temptation, God will provide a way of escape. 2 Timothy 1.12. He's going to bring it up. I'm going to read it off there. For which, I, for which cause I suffer also these things, yet I am not ashamed, for I know him who I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to guard that which I have committed unto him against that day. That's good scripture right there. Listen, what, for this reason I also suffer is what he's saying. For also this reason, he said, but I'm not ashamed. Listen to me. We're ashamed. Don't come to me and say, we got some Baptists in this church. Take it easy. Don't do that because I'm going to fillet them. You know that. Don't, don't come to church and say, hey, we got such and such. Take it easy. Don't do that because, man, I'll do just the opposite. I'll be antagonized by the enemy maybe, but don't do that because, listen to me, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. In Romans 1.16, he said, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the uh, Jew first and also to the Greek. He said, I'm not ashamed. Listen, I'm not ashamed of what Christ did at the cross. I'm not ashamed to tell the world. I'm not ashamed of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not ashamed that I speak in tongues. I'm not ashamed of what God's doing in my life. I'm not ashamed. Here's what makes me ashamed of myself is when I don't let God do it. That's what makes me ashamed. 
when I back up because you know what I want to look good in front of men instead of looking good in front of God when Peter and John when they healed the man at the, at the gate beautiful and then they take a scourging for it they said we don't want you to speak in that name anymore and listen they said we can't help ourselves listen to me if you love the Lord you can't help yourself for walking in his word so who do you want us to please men or God because if you do, we're going to please God. I want to please God. I'm not ashamed of who I am. Listen to what he says here in, in 2 Timothy 1.12. For this reason, I also suffer these things. But I'm not ashamed, for I know. Everybody say the word no. That word is intimacy. That word right there, no, is intimacy. My wife knows me. I know her. We know each other through intimacy. You husbands and wives, you know each I hope you know each other through intimacy. I had to put that hope in there. Okay. Well, Kathleen, you're my best. Yeah, I, I, if you ever get a chance back there, Deb, put that camera on her every now and then. Man, she's rooting. I know what you're doing. Here we go. But, but he says, I know. And that word know means an intimate relationship with your Lord. It means an intimacy like husband and wife. That's what it means. It means that you love the Lord. We are the church, the bride of Christ, and we ought to be in love with the Lord. And if you're in love with somebody, you're not ashamed of them. You're not. And if you are, shame on you. Isn't that right? Shame on you. Listen to me. He says this, I'm not ashamed, and I hope that you get to the place where you can say, I'm not ashamed. I hope that you're able to pray in, in a restaurant. I hope that you're able to pray wherever you're at and not be ashamed. He said, whom I believe and I am convinced. Everybody say convinced. He said, I'm convinced that he is able to guard that which I have entrusted to him until that day. Now listen to what he says in the last part of that verse. That you may be able to endure it. In Matthew 24, 13, bring it up, John. Watch this, Matthew 24, 13. But he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Endureth me. When you, when you go and you move and you move. The Roman soldier was taught how to be a soldier. He was not taught how to know peacetime. The Roman soldier didn't want to know peacetime. He wasn't made for that. He was made for warring and he was made to go out. He had, he had all of his uh, uh, armor in the front, but none in the back because he was never to turn and run. It was better for him to die than to turn and run. And Paul uses this military expression. And what he says, stand and then withstand. He said, stand, plant your feet. Because on the bottom of the Roman soldier's sandals were spikes about so long, and you, could, you had to knock him down. He's, you, you, he, he was planted, he wouldn't move, and when he would feel the enemy start to weaken, then he would withstand, and he would go another step, and he would stand, and then he would withstand. He would stand and withstand. Paul said, stand and withstand. He said, stand and withstand. Stand for the Lord, and then when you feel the enemy become weak, then you go and withstand. But listen to me, you are in a battle. And the who finishes this battle the one who endures to the end the Lord says that's the guy that's going to be saved that's the woman who's going to be saved but the one who endures to the end he shall be saved there's no peace time with the devil 
And some of us have this idea, if he leaves me alone, I'll leave him alone. Listen, I do not leave the devil alone. I am a devil chaser. Somebody says, do you look behind rocks? I move the rock. I go after the devil. I don't like him. I hate him. I hate cancer. I hate diabetes. Listen, I hate death. I hate death with the utmost. And I'm going to be glad that we're going to get to see the day when death and hell is thrown into the lake of fire, which is the second death. We're going to be cheering that day. But he says, you're in a fight. And I'm in a fight. And this is what he's saying. You last this fight out and you endure to the end because the one who endures to the end shall be saved. Jesus said, the man, now pay attention. He says, the man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Would you stand with us? Here, I'm going to have him go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. And he's going to bring this up, and I want you to look at it. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Listen to me. If ever there was a name that's hated globally, it's the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is hated everywhere. There's only two, two types of people that don't hate the name of Jesus. And the one who is saved and born again and loves him. And the second one is the sinner that's running to the cross. The man that's sick that's running to Jesus. But the world, they hate that name. The religious world hates that name. I think we need to pray for the churches in St. Joe. I think you need to pray for this church. But listen to me. You need to go somewhere, and I'm glad it's here, where you can be saved. We're going to give an altar call in a minute. Where you can be healed. Where you can be delivered. Listen, we're in a battle, pastors. We're in a battle, a big one. Elders, we're in a battle. And listen to me. The one who goes through this battle all the way, that's the one that will be saved. I understand this, my friend. There's casualties in war. There's casualties in war. It's better to be a casualty in this battle than one who's turned around and run. Can you say amen to that? Let me finish this up as you stand there. I'm not going to keep you too long. Romans chapter 12 and verse 12. I like this. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Rejoicing in hope. I like that. Patient in tribulation. Tribulation you're going to have. You want to move this, please? Tribulation you're going to have. If you love the Lord. He that endureth to the end, that's the guy that's right in the middle of that battle. Fighting for the cross. Fighting for the Lord. Let me tell you something about soldiers. The Roman soldiers hated it when they weren't chosen for battle. They hated it. Hey, wait a minute. Don't you know you're going to die? Yeah, I'm going to die. But it's going to be for something. 
It's going to be for something. I think the worst disgrace we have in our country is the way we treat our veterans. Every time I see a veteran, I don't care how old or young they are, I buy their dinner. I buy policemen's, don't we? We buy the sheriff of Andrew County his dinner until there's too many of them. We go in there and one day there's just way too many. Buy your own today. But hey, listen. We're not patriotic anymore. Hey, don't be mad at me. Then no black anthem. Shame on them for having a black anthem. Then no white anthem. There's no white anthem, no. There's no Indian. No, no, listen to me. There's just one. It's called the national anthem. Be loyal to it. Hey, watch it. Hey, would everybody put their hand over their heart and follow me? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. God bless America. God bless America. Come on, Harold. Give us a song. Huh? Okay. Hey, listen. If you're not saved, give your heart to the Lord this morning. And, and if, if you just need more strength, then come to the altar and kneel down before the Lord. You need something in your life? Come forth. It's an amazing thing that when people step out in that aisle, then God just starts to move. Because sometimes we just stand right there. But just come. If you don't know Jesus, come. If your relationship with God isn't the way it's supposed to be, then come. Kneel at the altar and give it to God. Just come.